More spring pain for the Marlins. A split squad day on Friday evening. Both of them, in effect, blowout losses. It isn't about wins and losses in spring. It is about performances. And with that being said, which performances are we starting to worry about? Also, we've got some WBC blowback. I want to also dig into the starts from Trevor Rogers and Yuri Perez. All on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. It is a bonus Saturday morning episode. Yes, sir. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, hit subscribe. It is, of course, your team every day. There is a YouTube channel. Head over to there, too. It's called Locked on Marlins. Hit subscribe there. Also, you will see, firstly, a solo pod. Secondly, daytime. Thirdly, new Gymshark jumper in light pink, dusty pink. What are you thinking? Can I pull it off? Am I pulling it off? <laughs> it's too late to work out or ask the question, can I? I am. I'm going with it. Um, it's a Saturday morning, guys. Uh, apologies for no episode on Friday evening. Uh, ended up having yeah, a bit of family time. It is what it is sometimes, guys. Uh, nevertheless, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, it's uh, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, you can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. All right, guys, tons to get into. Uh, there was a, a, a doubleheader last night, UK-friendly doubleheader. Um, and that was part of the reason why there wasn't an episode. Ended up just watching baseball. Why not? However, and I was excited, right, because I haven't really seen a ton of Trevor Rogers uh, in his – we haven't seen a ton of the Marlins at all in terms of TV coverage – uh, the, and it feels like as well, the WBC has kind of taken over uh, our eyeballs and the TV screens for, for good reason. More about the WBC later on, of course. But, um, you know, I was excited to see Trevor Rogers going. Um, and it's fair to say it wasn't his best start yesterday. Actually got through the first inning okay, but that second inning uh, ended up with the bases juiced and no outs. He got removed. He came back in later on, as is the rules in spring. Um, but overall, Trevor... Didn't quite have his, his A game looked a little bit like 2022 Trevor. So we've seen some 2021 Trevor. We've seen some 2022. Overall, I remain optimistic on Trevor Rogers. Uh, and I think I think in reality, we are going to get something in between. Not 21, maybe. Not 22. Something in between 2023, which is definitely uh, a serviceable, more than serviceable starter for the Marlins, uh, for sure. There'll be some struggles. We know that. There's some scary lineups knocking around. Uh, but also, I think there'll be some some nice moments for Trevor Rogers. Uh, overall, you know, in a 16-2 defeat, not a ton of positives to take away in that one. If you take away the, the Cardinals score, I think what starts to look familiar here, you know, the, the losses keep piling up here for the fish. But overall, when we look at these games, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, okay, one run for the Marlins, five hits, and how many errors? And looking at it yesterday, two runs, six hits, and three errors in that game. In the second game, uh, five hits, one run, three errors. This is the problem for the fish, right? It, uh, everyone could talk about wins and losses. 
They don't matter. And spring doesn't matter in terms of wins and losses. Absolutely. It is about getting in your reps, staying healthy as well, uh, and being prepared. It's fundamentally, it's a tune-up. It's time to, I guess, work on things you want to work on and be ready for the year ahead. So it doesn't matter. But as we edge near to opening day, which is only a couple of weeks away now, now less than two weeks away, I believe, um, you know, you start to now feel slightly concerned, perhaps, that that some of the guys are, are looking not prepared, I think it's fair to say. So when we go to yesterday's game, the first game anyway, um, Jazz Chisholm Jr. didn't start in center field. I'm not exactly clear on, on why Jazz started on the backfields, taking some maybe some BP. I don't really know. He then enters the game mid-game uh, in center field. He just kind of appeared. We're like, oh, okay, Jazz is out there in center field. Um, and then lo and behold, first one of the first balls uh, hit as soon as Jazz enters the game. Uh, it, it ends you know, well-hit ball to center field. Jazz pauses, looks up. Where's it going? Is there the sun? There is the sun. He's trying to work it out. Ends up going over his head and a triple um, on that one. So not optimal. An inning later as well, Gene Segura with an error at third base. So the Marlins here, they've taken this approach defensively. And it's fair to say with Jazz in center field. And again, we, we're not seeing every game. I'm not seeing every game here. Um, and the errors are being highlighted you know, for obvious reasons, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jazz and center field, for sure. There's no talk about the Marlins reversing that plan, that methodology. Um, and it's, you know, there's going to be growing pains here with Jazz and center field. But overall, um, th there has been, what well, by my count, at least three um, relatively high-profile um, misses, missteps, however you want to phrase it. It's a learning curve for Jazz. This isn't a knock on Jazz either. Like, he's a middle infielder. He's never played the outfield. It's the Marlins, the Marlins' lack of activity in to, to solve this center field riddle why Jazz is out there. At any point, they can change course. They can change direction. In a few ways, they either decide, actually, let's, let's go with Brian De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez in center or John Birdie in center. They have internal options. And actually, those internal options may be better than Jazz Chisholm Jr. at this point. Um, you know, when we, I guess, when you look at the full body of work from Jesus Sanchez last year in the outfield, overall, in, in a much bigger sample size, you know, the, the number of missteps was far fewer or far less frequent than we've seen with Jazz Chisholm Jr. That's just the reality. Jesus Sanchez was okay in center field. Jazz Chisholm in what? 10 starts? Less than 10, he's uh, he's had three at least three missteps already. He's made a couple of nice plays too. But the frequency of these issues is a concern. It is a concern. And the, the, the question is going to come, do, do the Marlins deviate away from this? We're all talking about this roster construction. We're all thinking about how they're going to squeeze these outfielders onto the roster. And the reason the outfield is crowded is because Jazz has slid out into center field. If he slides back into the infield, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe you don't need to carry Jose Iglesias. Maybe Jose Iglesias won't make the roster anyway. Uh, and actually, maybe Garrett Hampson will. Who knows? Who knows the way this thing's going? But overall for the for the Marlins and, and, and for Jazz in center field, which I think remains the biggest storyline here, um, it hasn't been overly encouraging. It's fine to make errors. 
The stick, on the other hand, has been extremely encouraging for Jazz. He's hitting over 300 in spring. He hit a massive home run opposite field again yesterday. The Jazz Chisholm two home runs, both opposite fields, which we love to see. The stick plays. We know that with Jazz. But in reality, we don't want to see him in center fields. Like, it's a square peg and a round hole. And actually, if Jesus Sanchez is going to be on the roster, then... Maybe we just go back to Jesus Sanchez for now. Maybe that is a better default position than asking Jazz to try and learn a brand new position. I don't know. Craig was talking about it on Twitter yesterday. People are asking the question, as they should be. People rightly should be asking the question, when do the Marlins, or how much how much leeway does Jazz have? Only a couple of weeks away. What happens in the first 10 games of the season? We have three errors from Jazz in center field. The Marlins are, uh, you know, two and eight. Let's say there's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure in that spot. I hope it doesn't come. I'm I'm one of, if not the biggest Jazz Chisholm fans, and I absolutely want him to succeed wherever he plays. I think he can, but I think it's a real tough ask for him in the midst of spring to try and learn this position to be ready to go. Um, but if there's a man who can do it, it is Jazz Chisholm Jr., no doubt. Um, Gene Segura equally talked about him on a recent episode. I'm disappointed that he went to the the WBC, particularly um, for the defensive piece. Um, what I would say from Mean Gene, the, the dude can hit. The dude can hit, and I, I'm I'm confident of that. The same can be said for Luis Arias. Arias and Gene Segura, these guys can just hit. They're good hitters. Great upgrades for the Marlins offensively. However, this narrative is going to remain all year. The microscope, the spotlight is on the Marlins defense all year. Everything's going to be so highlighted. And Gene Segura yesterday, one of his first plays, if not one of the only plays he had to, to, had to uh, handle. Third error. Charged in. Misplay. Um, and, you know, again, didn't look good. There was the point I made about Gene. I would have preferred for him to have said, you know what? I need more reps at third base. I need to be working on third base defense. That's what the Marlins have paid me to do. That's what I'm going to prioritize. Again, more on the WBC later because, boy, oh, boy, it's been a wild couple of days on that point. Uh, but before we do that, uh, reminder, guys, this episode is brought to you by, well, it's it's our new ad as well. It's the Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Let's get these sexy graphics up as well. There's a QR code there as well, guys, so don't miss that QR code. Um, but this one's got me geeked out. You know that. And it's our new partner, uh, the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise, well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage everything, every aspect of your team through the season and lead the team to glory. Yes, sir. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, uh, scouting and drafting players, navigating through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, when you want to. As I mentioned uh, earlier in this week, I've got the Honolulu waves rolling, trying to make some moves and upgrade that DH spot, looking for some more power, no doubt about it. Um, I'd highly recommend you guys get it and uh, get, you know, you can play offline. You can also play with friends too. Set up some leagues uh, and get some, get some friendly banter going, let's say. Um, Locked On listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just go and visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code, which you can see on the on the graphics, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. 
Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Love that one. Absolutely love that. Love that. I'm struggling with the waves thus far, though. Need some more power. <laughs> All right. So, Gene Segura, Jazz Chisholm, both have missteps yesterday. Trevor Rogers not looking sharp. The, the Marlins got absolutely demolished 16 2 by the Cardinals. It was not a great game. Um, for me, I'm just looking at the Cardinals. I've looked at the Cardinals all, all spring. We keep seeing the Cardinals. And when we see them, the Cardinals look ready. They look ready in game one. The Marlins haven't looked ready at all. You can talk, again, spring doesn't matter. But performances do. And preparation does. When are the Marlins going to look and feel ready? At the moment, they look miles away. They look miles away. The reason they're miles away is uh, it feels like everyone's uncertain about where they're playing in the field. They're playing with different guys all the time. You've got guys playing out of different positions all the time. Like, there's a lot of moving parts here for the Marlins. And we just need to see it come together. I think we just need to see it click. We need to see the offense absolutely firing. We need to see the defense humming. No errors. I mean, in game two, Jacob Stallings ended up having two in interference calls in one inning. <laughs> two errors from Jacob Stallings in that one. Um, the Marlins losing that 6-1. Uri Perez. Uh, got the start, though, by the way. And whilst I didn't see all of it, the the assessment I would say I saw via Twitter and maybe some of the after-game reports is, you know, it, it's very much the same, I would say, for Yuri Perez that we've seen this spring. Let's remind ourselves, Yuri Perez, he's only 19. He is so young. He is the number one pitching prospect in baseball. But there is a development path here, guys. We, we shouldn't be expecting Yuri Perez to be absolutely nailing out major league hitters, um, you know, at this stage. So he's performing way over his age. Um, and for me, it's just about fine tuning at this point with, with Uri Perez. It's a, it's this little mistakes here with a, a pitch here and there, but overall guys, I think I've been excited by, by what I've seen. The interesting bit though, is if, if things go wrong, health-wise for the rotation, for the guys that are in the rotation, you know, how how quickly are the Marlins going to pull the trigger on Uri Perez? Like, how soon would they go? Um, based on what we've seen in spring thus far, I think it's fair to say Uri Perez would, would benefit from the majority of the year in AA, would be, would be my opinion. And so this is where... It goes back to the Braxton Garrett conversation. It goes back to some of the other conversations about, you know, some of the, the depth starters. There isn't a ton of upper minors depth. And if the Marlins, if they have a couple of issues really early on, which way do they go? I mean, what I don't want to see is back, do you remember 2021? And they had that three-man rotation rolling around for, it seemed like months. It seemed like months where you had a, a bullpen game on a spot starter here, there, and everywhere. It was it was really tough. Like the Marlins tried to hang with a three man, but it was it was so tough to do. They've obviously got Braxton Gary. He's not having a great spring. They've got Smelter. They've got Castano. So they do have a couple of guys um, that could certainly add some depth here. Um, so I don't think it's over panic stations right now. But it wouldn't shock me if if the Marlins go and you know like Chichi Gonzalez type of situation doesn't seem like that's overly worked out for them. I do wonder if they maybe look to, you know, as maybe guys get cut or released or whatever it might be, the Marlins maybe look to go and add a little bit more depth um, for, for AAA pitching, just, just in case they need it there. I'm intrigued to see on that one. Again, three errors really stood out to me. The offense, again, really not standing out to me. Uh, what I must say, though, in the previous game, 
Garrett Cooper, for me, is is looking. He's he's definitely trending in the right direction. Coop is at bats yesterday. Looked nice. He's I think he's had a decent week this week. Coop. Oh, I'm starting to get a good feeling about him. What I'm not getting a good feeling about is Avicel Garcia. There was a lot of uh, 2022 Avicel Garcia in yesterday's game. A ground at the third. Um, I think a double play ball, probably a strikeout as well. Um, so it's not been overly positive from him. Avi right now, he's hitting 207 for spring. Jorge Soler, um, his other big boy, Compadre, um, hitting 222 with an OPS of 646. So overall, you know, those guys, we we, we need to see them take the step, a big step, a big leap. It's a, it's critical to this Marlins uh, lineup, um, the way they've built it. They've, they've got all the table setters around them now, and the big boys still have to deliver. You can't just rely on uh, Reyes, Segura, Joey Wendell. Actually, Joey Wendell had a nice hit yesterday as well. But, you, you know, the big boys have to go in the middle of the lineup. They have to. Jazz Chisholm is looking electric um, after his home run yesterday. He's now uh, a 941 OPS, hitting 310. So Jazz Chisholm absolutely carrying on down the path, looking like he's going to have an absolutely stunning, stunning season. Um, let's park the Marlins there. For now, I briefly want to talk about the WBC, and we are running long on time, uh, which is the the standard. It's time to let you know about our good friends over at FanDuel. We got those sexy graphics as well for FanDuel, yes sir. And uh, the tournament, the tournament is heating up now. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scorers, and number of threes drained. Then you can combine all of those bets if you want um, with the same game parlay for a chance at a bigger payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, guys, just want to wrap up now. A couple of minutes, uh, the the main headlines away from the Marlins clearly has been the WBC uh, for many, many reasons. A, the excitement, the electricity, the fun, the just the fan base is going bananas, but equally, and the quality of baseball has been fun too. Um, the standard has been high, um, which is driven by the fact that you've got a ton of um, major league players and, and elite guys on these rosters. So, that is certainly making the tournament where you've got these studs in there. I mean, Randy Orozarena, is, he's just back to being an absolute stud. Javi Baez is looking like a stud, um, which is great to see these guys are just kind of living and, 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 and enjoying the vibes in the moment, and it's really helping them. Clearly the big news, uh, Edwin Diaz uh, ended up tearing his patella tendon, I believe it was, on his knee, celebrating a win um, and then all hell breaks loose saying uh, the cancel culture came in around the WBC saying it should be canceled, the timing is wrong, etc., etc. I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> what's going on? Cancel culture. Um, I mean, you only have to look at the, the WBC to realize just how much of a success this tournament is, how great this is for baseball globally. I'm sat here in Great Britain, guys. Great Britain made the tournament, and it was... Listen, great baseball in, in Great Britain is never in the news. Last week, baseball was in the news, in the BBC, covering great British baseball. It's amazing. 
You have to look at the guy, you know, the, the, the Japanese, the Korean guys, everyone. Everyone has fully embraced the WBC because nothing, nothing unites you like supporting your country. And we see it all the time with like the World Cup and soccer or football. Um, it's the same, like the WBC and the World Cup, it, they just have different vibes about them. They do. The players feel differently about them because fundamentally, like as Marlins fans, a lot of these players aren't they? They they weren't grown up as or haven't grown up as Marlins fans. No, they've probably grown up as fans of all the other teams. Some of them, you know, a lot of the players, it's not their choice to be playing for the Marlins. So it just is what it is. It becomes sometimes a business transaction, and we see that as well with arbitration, right? Where it truly is a business relationship. However, representing your country, you feel differently about that versus representing the Miami Marlins who traded for you from a team that you really liked and now actually you're on a team that you aren't overly enamored by. It's just a different mentality. It's a different vibe. And the WBC overall is a different vibe. Edwin Diaz with a fluke injury. And guys, injuries happen in sports, in life, everywhere. It just is what it is. The WBC has been a stunning success, in my opinion. And I hope that nothing changes. I hope that nothing changes with the WBC. Yes, it's unfortunate for the Mets. But the funniest thing about all of this is Brandon Nimmo um, and the Mets guys and everyone. And then, you know, the day after or two days later or whatever, Brandon Nimmo, well, in yesterday's game, sliding into second base, hurts his knee in spring. So... You can't bubble wrap these guys forever. And they need preparation. They need, and, and every, every player is going to be different with the preparation needs they have um, to be ready for a major league season, which is a grueling season, I have to say. 162, clearly uh, a grueling ask for anyone. Um, but overall, it's uh, it, it's been wild, I would say. But overall, I hope that nothing ever changes with the WBC. It has been. It has been a wonderful, wonderful tournament. And seeing Lone Depot absolutely packed out like that and the fan base is going absolutely bananas and gelling as well. It's the other thing. Seems to be no trouble. No trouble going on. It's not like these crazy soccer fans just want to fight in the stands. These these countries, they play their game. They come to support their team. Wh whoever wins and, uh, or, or loses, doesn't matter. They still gel, have a great time after. That is the culture of baseball, which is why it is so, so special. With that being said... Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. It's a Saturday episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'll likely be back tomorrow, actually. I think I might fire up a Sunday episode, so keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. I'll see you soon.